Welcome, friends, to Game Master's Studio, where we talk shop about running tabletop role-playing games. With us today is Jared and Ed, with your host, Jerry. Hello, and welcome to Game Master's Studio, where we'll be talking about tabletop role-playing games, tips and tricks that you can use to help bring your game at home up to the next level. Today, we'll be talking about the antagonist power structure, how you can work that into your games and make it to help add your evil organizations a little bit of, well, organization. In the studio, I'm Jerry, a.k.a. Frieden, host and moderator for the show. With me is Jared, a.k.a. DMF, proprietor of Mad Doc Designs, creator of the World of Wrath, and semi-professional DM, and Ed. The first rule of Game Master Studio is you do not talk about Game Master Studio. The second rule of Game Master you know what? No, that's terrible. Everyone tell your friends. This Grow this podcast. It's awesome. Just tell everyone. Quick. Yeah, it's a poor choice for a first rule. Yeah, that was a bad yeah, line. That's uh, not even a first rule. That's not a rule. We're, we're striking it from the rule book. Yeah, it's, sorry guys. That's I was inspired by the topic and it'll make sense later. Tell your friends. So we are talking about antagonist power structures today. Um, the the opposition to your heroes, assuming that it's not a single powerful entity, is going to have people working together to try to achieve whatever nefarious and dark goal they're going for. And so there's going to be ways that they put themselves together in order to help make these goals happen. And so we wanted to go over some of the very common structures and ways that could be built, as well as looking a little bit deeper at the way they operate and some of the ways that your players may have to work to handle them. And just to help give you an idea to get a little more meat on the bones of what you have at the other side of the screen. Um, So we're going to start with talking about different types of organizations um, and we're starting with the the cell based. Um, Ed, you were you were you brought this up originally with the cells in the pre-show. You had a lot yeah. to say about them, so why don't you go ahead and tell people what we mean when we talk about a cell based organization? So a cell based organization, there usually is some sort of leader, and then that leader, like of the total organization, and then that leader will pick leaders of specific cells to go and operate independently. Uh, and then those cells just basically do their own thing based on the task they were given. And they operate with very little um, uh, management, essentially. They just do their job. Really good examples of this in uh, uh, like popular culture. Uh, one, of, one of the things would be like, say, Mass Effect, uh, the Cerberus organization. If you're familiar with uh, Mass Effect, um, it ran in its own cells. It had different cells that worked for different things and they all ran independently. Uh, say for a, uh, a fantasy style world, uh, one way you could look at that would say uh, be like the, the monstrous army or something. Maybe you have the commander who commands the orcs, you know, and then you have the necromancer with the undead army or you have those sorts of things. But like it's the evil overlord that is, you know, commanding each of them to attack different positions, you know, so they can gain the power uh, and, and find the ancient artifacts or whatever. But each of them is at doing it on their own independently with very little oversight. And I think that's that's a big key to it is the, each of the cells are operating on their own. They're not working in conjunction with other cells and they may not even have knowledge that the other cells yeah. exist. Very effective for like spy based missions, um, that sort of thing. Obviously, it's uh, 
you know, it, it has its, it, its own deals. Uh, that's sort of where that earlier joke came from. Fight club is essentially a modern terrorist cell. It worked on its own. It was kind of a weird thing, but that's the idea. Each of the different fight clubs were their own independent thing and didn't even really know about the other fight clubs. Exactly. Yeah. They all knew about Tyler Durden and they knew about his mission, but they did their own thing. He was building franchises. Yeah, exactly. For all they knew, they were the only one. And most of them thought they were the only one. And that's kind of actually, you know, one of the problems that we have, like, in modern day is, like, a lot of the terrorism that's going on. And, like, they're little independent cells that aren't even really connected. Like, there's an overall agenda. And that's really, like, what's going on. That's it. You just have little cells popping up all over the place. And that's why it's it can be, it's actually a very scary kind of tactic, like, which is one of the reasons why terrorists use it. You can eliminate one cell entirely and not have a big impact on the overall yeah, evil plan. Yeah, yeah, the agenda. Yeah. yeah, the the evil overlord will just create a new cell to do what they were doing. And also the people in your cell are unlikely other than maybe one person are unlikely to have any idea who the actual leaders are. They're just hired to do a job, yeah. which means they can't give up any information under duress or otherwise. Right. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, you take out that cell. You can you can kidnap or or detain the entire cell and they're not going to give you any Information they don't know about any of the other cells, they don't know about any of the other cells' agendas. They don't, you know, most of the like Ed said, most of them don't even know, you know, who the head honcho is or Uh, where to find them or how to contact. Another way to think about it in sort of a fantasy setting, you know, maybe the the goblins in your realm, maybe there's uh, a dozen or so different smaller goblin clans who all basically do their own thing, but there's a bigger like head goblin chief somewhere who can maybe every once in a while summon all of them and coordinate them. So that's sort of a way to think about it. That's also going to mesh into another one that we're going to bring up here, but that's kind of a way you can make it work in, in, a, in sort of a medieval way um, or let's uh, say more fantasy based way. Uh, well, since you brought it up, I'll talk a little bit with the, uh, the one overall or one yeah. rules all. Uh, which we also know as could be a few rules all, which is uh, a little more typical on the fantasy structure where you have a single uh, powerful overlord or perhaps a ruling council that rules everybody beneath them. They're all kind of at the same level. There's there's minions and there's the boss and you have. You know, it could be you know rule of the the strongest. It could be they rule through magic. They rule through tradition. Yeah. There's a, a couple of different options, but still, you've got one person at the top, and then they've got all of their underlings underneath them. Right. Um, which we see showing up a lot because you have just the giant armies and the general leading it. Even though that gets into another one, um, one of the variants that we brought up for the one ruling all is the Keystone Army. Yeah. Um, which is refer, which is a TV tropes reference for the term Keystone Army, um, and essentially be, care- be careful when checking TV tropes; you will yeah. get sucked in. Yep, um, the Keystone Army. If you take out the leader, the army falls apart. Mm-hmm. If you kill the necromancer, all the skeletons collapse to a pile of bones. Really great example of that is the Avengers movie when the nuke uh, goes off; all the Jadari just shut off and die. Yep, Phantom absolutely. Menace. Phantom um, Menace. Yep. Yep. Though I didn't really want to bring that one up because you know Phantom Menace, but yeah, well, you know. Well, it's interesting because the return of the Jedi in mm-hmm. many ways implies that that the Empire is a keystone army. They take out the Emperor and it's like, oh, the rebels have won. Mm-hmm. And then the expanded universe that they originally did uh, following it showed that 
they lost that battle, but the empire still existed in its in its own form. Well, even um, now with the new movies, it kind of reincarnated as more of what yeah, happened. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's 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 actually showing how they divided up into different cells. Isn't that weird? <laughs> the this big structure got destroyed. Uh, you know, the the empire, the emperor is gone, and now they, these different factions emerged out of that, which is what we're dealing with in the, the with the newer movies, which is cool. And one of the other differences there between the the Keystone Army and the one ruling all is if you pull off an assassination mission against Keystone Army, it's over. You win. Yeah. If you pull off the assassination mission on the leader of the one versus all, you still have the rest of the organization still operating and they may now be after you. Or in some cases, they may now be looking to you for guidance. Now, well, I was going to say the other big thing, like if it's if it's one rules all, especially like in case of like, let's use like an orcs as an example, where like typically it's yeah. the strongest orc rules all the other orcs. Now, instead of just dealing with, you know, that army being led by the strongest orc it's now being led by what was the second strongest orc. That is now the strongest orc. Right. Yeah. He might have different agendas that you might not have to deal with and they might not come after you because you might be like, ha ha, I wanted to get rid of him anyways. I, I have my own ideas or they might come after you to seek revenge. See, I agree with that. But I also think that with each different uh, organization we're talking about here where they have their different level of autonomy. I would think that a one or few rules all. If you kill that one or that few, that organization is going to take longer to recover because they're going to have probably gonna have infighting yeah. for leadership. Yeah, that's true. Because you you know who the first is, you don't have a clearly defined second. Yeah, you right. may, but if you don't, but if you no, if you do, if you have the one and the two, that's the few. Yeah, you have the the leader and his right hand. Right. If, so if they both go, no one knows who takes over now. And you've created a power vacuum and there's going to yeah. be chaos while they try to figure out who. Yeah, and again, there could be a timeline where, you know, maybe you guys even grow old and die while they're trying to reorganize. But in theory, once they reorganize, then either A, they're going to come after you, or B, they don't give a crap because now they have their own agendas. But right. it is possible that they might come after you. Still. They now have a exactly, new corporate resolution and they're operating under completely different bylaws. They have a board of directors. <laughs> Initial public offering is next yeah, week. <laughs> apparently, bureaucracy is now a thing. Speaking of bureaucracy, <laughs> uh, bureaucracy and organization for the the a little more structured, sh- not necessarily streamlined, but definitely more uh, solid, concrete ranks, lines, and I'd files. say it's probably the most streamlined. To be honest, it well, well, can get tied up in that bureaucracy as well. I yeah. um, but we're talking about an organized organization um jared why don't you uh go yeah. off to town on this one sure uh so um typically i mean the most common thing you're going to think of when you hear this type of you know quote-unquote organized uh structure would be military you know if you like look at the army we have yeah four-star generals three-star general two-star general one-star general down to you know you got your lieutenants sergeants admiral i mean i'm sorry admirals is, is not in the <laughs> yeah. army but you know down to like you know we're professionals here we know what we're talking about <laughs> yeah but, you know, all the way down to the grunt, you know, so, you know, working your way, you know, top to bottom. So, you know, I mean, again, you have this very, you know, defined structure where, you know, there is a chain of command, which is, you know, one of the most important terms that you can you kind of use yeah. for that structure. You know, there's a chain of command, you know, it starts at the top and it works its way down. And when you finally get down towards the bottom, you know, when you have your finally get down to like your squad, you know, in an army situation, they will have orders and they will have objectives and they can work in kind of a cell style organization, but it's different in the sense of there's accountability. Yeah. There's accountability and you have, you might have orders, but you're also typically told how to, um, 
execute those orders. And if you don't properly execute those orders the way that you were told to execute those orders, there can be fallout. I mean, yes, you might have gone off book and been successful and still get in trouble. You might have not gone off book and been unsuccessful, but still been given a pat on the back. You know, those are kind of the big differences. Whereas like, you know, in a one rules all, you know, you might go off book from what you were told to do and been successful. And you'll, you know, if you're successful, you'll get a pat on the bat. But if you're unsuccessful, you could get your head chopped off. Yeah. Well, they Where, stand for insurgency. You know, you tried to disobey me. Right. So, you know, but in a military structure, you know, as long as you're fault, you follow the orders. Typically, that's when you get the pat on the ass. If you don't follow orders, you know, even if you're successful, you can like, that's not the point. You were told to do this. Yeah. So, you know, that's the, you know, the chain of command and accountability are really like the two, I'd say, key terms, you know, aside from actual, you know, the actual structure itself of knowing rank and order and who reports to who and knowing how shit rolls downhill. (laughs) I think this also uh, follows in with organized crime. Correct. Yes. Yep. Mob and mafia. Yeah, exactly. You know, you got the head boss, you know, you got your underbosses. You know, down to the grunts. I'd say there's less ranking order than military, obviously, but still there's a. But there's, there's still ranks. Exactly, but there's still ranks. There's still structures. I think one of the best examples of that, and I'm not as familiar um, with the actual hierarchy, but like the Russian mafia, from what I understand, is like very strict. Like they have quote unquote lieutenants. You know what I mean? Like, and I know like the the tattoos are, are markings of those. Like, they don't wear like medals and insignias, but they have like a lot of tattoos and markings and stuff like that. So you have your oh, your upper your um, crime bosses and your low, you know your lower grunts, but they have a very structured and uh, meticulous you know hierarchy where you know and some people are quote unquote like untouchable. Like, if you're a lieutenant, only another lieutenant can challenge you. You know, like anyone below you even like looks at you wrong and like you hmm. you have shit to pay. Not to say that any one mafia is better or worse than any other mafia (laughs) for any of the mafias who may be listening. We are neutral on all fronts. Um, I don't know what you're talking about. The mafias clearly don't exist. It's a fabrication by Hollywood. Yeah, it's just a thing that you see in movies. So anyway, moving on, I think a a good example of that in modern culture that we've seen uh, really honestly, Captain America's Civil War Hydra or even honestly S.H.I.E.L.D., the organization that works opposite it. Yeah, well, uh, you know, they're, like, they're military based. So, the, yeah, they're very um, military based, but they're not just military based. Right. There's also bureaucracy and politics that go yep. along with it. Our own government Excellent. is very much like that. Another another easy one. It's a little bit different from the from the organized crime family or the military. This is a corporate structure, corporate structure. Yeah, right. very good. Yeah. You know, you yeah. have you have your 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 associates and then you have their managed by their managers. And then there are people who manage groups of managers. There are people who are in charge of making sure all the managers are managing thing, things appropriately. And they're the head of this division. And there's five divisions in the company and yeah. it all goes and then up. you get, then you get to vice president of this and that and the other, and then yeah. CEO yeah, so wound up with like 35 vice presidents. And, yeah, yeah. Of course, you know, government is also very, so, you know, very similar to that. Also the corporate structure, you know, like, you know, they're, I would say they're close hand in hand in how they're organized. But again, they're very, you know, they are organized. The other one that I was going to mention that I mentioned in, in the pre-show too was, um, like a royalty or a kingdom based kind of situation where you have the king up top, but then he typically has like his advisors and, but then he will also have like his generals and he has this and yeah, but it's, it's a very structured and and there might be weird offshoots where again, like even if you compare it to like, cause again, a kingdom or, you know, a royalty kind of structure is just a form of government. If you compare it to like our government where we have the president 
And then he has his panel of advisors, and then he has like the general that's in charge of yeah. you know his his secretary, you know, the secretary of defense. That then underneath them, you know, has like the joint chiefs, which are all like the super head of all the different militaries, which then branch down into, of course, each of the you know their own individual militaries. Yeah. And but you know you have a lot of weird like you have, you have to have a friggin' uh, uh, tree you know graph in order to yeah. freaking follow everything but it is it's extremely organized and for that reason that's why i suggested that it's it's um it's really it's one of the better ones because it's going to have the most information available to yeah. it uh you know the one the one versus all really or 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 the one or few uh overall only the leaders are going to know what's going on. They're, they're the only ones that are going to know the real plan. They're the only ones that are going to have all of the information. They're just telling everyone else what to do. In the cell structures can be fairly similar to that. The leader of each cell is going to know everything about their cell, and then they're going to report to their leader what their cell is doing. And then that leader is the only one who's going to know the broader scope of everything. But... In the uh, more bureaucratic or corporate or military style organization, yeah, okay, your lower ranking people probably are not going to have an idea of the broader scope, but your higher ranking people, most of them are going to know what's going on, what the plan is, why they're doing the job the specific way they're doing it. Well, the they're going to have the information. information they're going to have. You know exactly. I mean? like, the only people that might have the full and total picture, like the behind the scenes picture, might be, you know, the, the, the top leader, like, you know, again, if we use the U.S. government, like, you know, the president and his panel advisors, but that whole panel is going to have a yeah. solid understanding. And then under, everyone directly underneath them is going to have a majority of the picture. And then underneath, right. everyone underneath them is going to have most of the picture. And then everyone right. underneath them is going to have a good chunk of the picture. Yeah. So <laughs> definitely the different levels and ranks that they have within that are going to have different barriers of information. But there's a clear line of secession. You know if something were to happen to the leader, this is the next person in charge. Mm-hmm. Oh, something happened to that guy? This next person in charge. There's a clear line. Right. Uh, there's actually a Kiefer Sutherland show out there sort of a, started about that. Uh, I I forget what it's called now. I think it's a designated survivor or something like that, where I think uh, oh. he was like 16th in line to the presidency. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't really know. I haven't seen Check it. I've just out, seen uh, articles uh, or uh, fall of, um, Olympus has fallen. Olympus has fallen. That yeah. has, you know, where they have to go down to the, the speaker of the house. Who's the third in line yeah. or fourth in line. But definitely each of these structures will have their strengths and weaknesses. So, and I think that's one of the strengths there. Yeah. Speaker of the house is third. President of the Senate is fourth. Okay. Um, I had to think about which came first. Um, but w- while we're on the subject of that, uh, that's also something for the different organizations that help set them apart is how the succession happens. Yeah. Is it a predeterminist succession? Are you promoted on the merits of success? Do you, are you appointed because you get the job done? You know, you, there's different ways to think about it. The organized crime would appoint somebody. Military gets promotions. The, a little more corporate structure may have that designated line of succession. Monarchy, definitely a line of succession. Right. Um, there's just those different options, those different flavors to keep in mind, uh, especially when you're running a game, because if somebody gets taken out by your players, you need to know how that organization is going to react. Exactly. Right. Not only in retaliation, but also how are they going to restructure themselves to fill in that gap? Right. Which is really the the point of this episode is going into like knowing how these work, you know, establishing, you know, the, the, the power structures for your different groups allows you to know how to, the PCs need to work up and through or if they need to work up and through an organization. Like, you know, if they want to take out 
the mafia, you know, or some, you know, power structured variants thereof, they don't need to just take out the grunts. They need to go and like, start taking out some of the mid, you know, the, the, the sub bosses and then the, you know, the mid bosses and then the upper bosses. And, you know, eventually what you need to do is you need to take out the head of the family. Yeah. But if you just take, go straight and take out the head of the family, then someone else is going to get appointed to the head of the family. And it also changes the way that you would run the specific storylines. Like if you're going up against like the mafia, like you said, then you could go through that chain of command just the reverse way until you get to the leader. If you're writing as in all uh, one or few, you know, rules all, then you know who the leaders are. The trouble is just getting to them. Yeah. Uh, where and then with the cell, you probably don't have any idea who any of the leaders are. You just have a little bit of information. You really have to wait until another cell pops up to try to find more. Yeah. Also, with the with the an organized power structure, you have that uh, that dramatic cinematic ability of I'm going to go take out guy number five on the chain and he's going to tell me who guy number four is. Mm -hmm, And now I know who I'm going after next. He's going to give up the next guy and he's going to give up the next guy. Right. Um, Which is very dramatic and fits into that. Yeah. And it's also important to know, because I mean, if, if you are working, you know, if the, the party is set up against a big, bad, evil guy, that is the head of an organized military sort of, you know, uh, you know, uh, establishment, they're not just going to go like we were talking about. You know, Ed specifically said this, you know, pretty much exact phrase in the pre-show. Like he, they're not, you're not going to go wipe out a couple grunts and then take out the head dude. Right. Yeah. You know, you got to make sure that you know that. So you, you can't just say, okay, well they're going to go kill, you know, a couple of these goblins and then they're going to go take, or maybe not goblins, but you know, say it's a militia of hobgoblins or something like that. Cause they're very, you know, militant, you know, yes. militant. So, Okay, I killed a couple of hobgoblins, and I'm going to go kill the hobgoblin boss. End of story. No, no, that's not how it's going to work. You know, at least if you've pre-established that it is, you know, this organized, you know, syndicate, so to speak, and you're you're going to go take out some grunts, and they're going to tell you who their boss is. Now you can go take out that boss. They can tell you who their boss is. Work through their bodyguards to get to the next boss, and then work through their grunts and underlings to get to the next boss, and work your way up till eventually you find you know. And it doesn't have to be the number two to tell you who the number one is. You know, number three or four might know who the head boss is, but you're probably still going to have to work your way up through that defense because once you've gotten to number three or four to find out who number one is, then number one knows that you're coming for them and they're going to set up, you know, it's going to be like, I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Bunraku, great movie, but like, they're going to be like, all right, Number two, three, four, you guys are staying here with all your men and you're going to protect me because these guys are coming. For well, me. I actually think that's a really good segue because we're going to be going we're going to be talking about minions at some point here, different kinds of uh, minions. I actually would state, though, in Bunraku, for anyone who's familiar with if you're not familiar with it, you have no idea what we're talking about. I apologize. Good yeah. movie, though. Check it out. Yeah, great movie. Uh, but for Bunraku, I actually think that was a one rules all. He just has a number of henchmen. Well, I mean, he had literally- so he does have sort of a line of secession, but their only way to succeed is to beat him, and none of them can do it. Right. So I think it's a mix. It is definitely it yeah. is definitely a little bit of a gray area because he had the 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 top ten killers. Yeah. You know what I mean? No, ten through one through ten, and number one ruled all. But you did have two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. And in theory, if someone took out one but didn't take his place, the number two would have to, in theory, step up to the line if the organization survived. Right. He could keep it going, knowing that he's you know the the new number one. Yeah. Um, And here, and here, the cinematic reference I was going to make was, and as you work your way up through the chain, eventually you'll wind up with your parties slamming a mook's head into the toilet, screaming, "Who does number two work for?" (laughs) 
Also a good cinematic reference. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, so moving along, uh, we did want to talk a little bit about ranking um, bosses, sub bosses, minions, hirelings, how they fit into the organization. Um, because if you go into an antagonist organization and you take out a couple of people who are low on the totem pole, you're not going to impact or shake up what's going on. Um, it's going to have to be you're going to have to be working at a higher level in order to make an impact. And you're going to want to make sure that your players know whether or not they're making an impact um, when they're taking actions. I mean, in the game world in general, but when yeah. they're working against a power structure. Yeah. In a and d style game, it's it could be easy to do. You know, if you know that your organization has various strongholds, then, you know, you're going to have the the most of the guards at the strongholds, they're just going to be sort of fodder. You know, yeah. they could potentially do a little bit of damage here and there, but mostly they're just there to slow the players down while their leaders, the lieutenants or sub bosses are, you know, you know, kind of packing a bit more of a wallop. And then, you know, as you go through the fort or the dungeon or the, the ship or whatever it is that you're trying to take over, you eventually fight stronger things until you get to the boss, at least of that area. But that doesn't mean that the boss of that fort or the boss of that ship, I think like you were you were mentioning earlier, Jared, I don't think that that means that that ends it. No. You know, they have a boss. So now you've gone through all of this. You've beat up all the little goblins. You've taken out some of the hobgoblins and you've taken out the bugbear chief. But the goblin uh, uh, army reports to someone else and you got to go stop them now. So you're going to mm -hmm. sort of go through those steps again, but probably with some variations and. Eventually, the you took out the captain of the ship, but now you have to deal with the conquistador of the whole fleet, you right, know, kind yeah, of thing. Yeah. <laughs> and I think we can also combine, um, you know, the different boss, sub boss, menu, whatever ranking with some of our previous discussion where we're talking about filling in the gaps. Yeah, so you could have a lower ranked person that maybe got defeated or evaded the party or whatever, their boss gets taken out. Now they get to step up to replace them. Um, that can make a great recurring villain. Um, we had that in the uh, because of the movie come out. I've been reading the Guardians of the Galaxy comic, and one of their first recurring villains is Taserface, yep. who shows up in Guardians of the Galaxy. He too. sure does. Completely different character in the movie than he is in the comics, but um, but Taserface winds up failing to beat the Guardians, and after he fails a couple of times, they you're talking about the comics in the comics, okay. yes. Um, they give him, you know, these upgrades and say, you must redeem your honor. You've been shamed in our society. You know, take these weapons and go prove that you are still a valid and worthy warrior. And I think having these rich, it becomes a recurring antagonist. Yeah. And that's something that really adds flavor to a game to build that in. This is somebody we faced before who's now coming back better and stronger. I like it. I like it. And then uh, eventually a character like that could turn into uh even a tougher character. I mean, obviously maybe I don't know really what happened in the comments of taser face. Maybe he did. Maybe he didn't. But um, one thing about the power structures is it always has a leader. And sometimes the leader is the ultimate boss, or sometimes he's the thing you've got to get to behind the ultimate boss. Uh, that brings us to our note for a villain versus dragon. Sure does. So if you're not aware with this again, TV tropes, great, uh, great source, you'll get lost in it. Uh, the dragon, uh, that's a trope that suggests that the thing that the powerful thing that you've been encountering this entire time, 
that you have been failing to defeat that has always been succeeding and it's just a one step ahead of you and that you are, are certain is going to be the final battle, that thing might not actually be the leader. There might be someone he, he uh, answers to. Best example that we have, the Emperor Palpatine and Darth Vader. Right. Vader's the villain. Vader's the bad guy. He is the boss fight. But the Emperor's there, and he's supposed to be more powerful. He has more influence. And if you don't take him out, you lose. But you got to get through Vader first. Right. And you can't challenge the Emperor without going through Vader. There's no way around him. There's no way to avoid that. Right. Uh, so these can come up, and it works, again, in a game very well because you have a clear challenge for the players that isn't necessarily the final challenge. It's wonderful. To, it can be a wonderful twist, or it can be uh, a twist in the lines of they find out who the head villain is first. Yep. And then they're like, oh, okay, we can take care of him. We can handle this. And then the villain, the villain is kind of on the ropes and the dragon comes out of left field, kicks the party, you know, just beats them out of the building uh, and dashes off with the villain. And now we're like, oh, wait, we have to handle that guy. Right. And one good way you can do it mechanically is you can have this like big, you know, villain who's constantly like doing his doing his job and getting what he needs to do for the. I don't know, the, the, the arch mage or whatever. And as your characters level, they're going to find that he's beating them, but it's he, they're starting to get further and further towards beating him. And then as he's the dragon, he's the big bossing that they've been chasing in this round. But then they learn, no, there's an emperor character behind him. Well, in the final fight, you can still have that emperor character there. You have the bot, you have the, the dragon quote unquote, a handful of minions to slow the players down. And then the emperor character who's back there casting spells or whatever, or doing what they do and messing with the players. And all of a sudden, even though they're at the point where they're close to beating this one dude, or they feel like, okay, well it's a CR 14. We're all level 10. We can take him. Well, there's another guy behind him casting spells now, um, which they didn't even prepare for. Maybe. Yep. Um, you can also bring it in as having the dragon be this famous mythic, you know, like a Kaiser Soze type. Like, this is the guy you do not mess with. You know, maybe the players run afoul of him on his own independently. And then yep. later on, they find out that, oh, he's now working for this other guy or he's been working for him all along. Yep. Now, TV tropes suggest that the dragon can be working for something else or it can just be the villain. It can be the boss, which is why it's called a dragon. Yeah. Well, I was going to say that there is, it's very much the same kind of concept as comes to succession of fighting, yeah. but it can be kind of the whole thing where like you have the necromancer that you need to take out and he is the big boss, you know, like he's the head of the organization, but he has like maybe some super ultra powerful death knight that he is basically his number two. But when it comes to actual power, maybe the Death Knight is actually more powerful or a stronger combatant. Right. You know what I mean? So, you know, you might beat the Necromancer, but then still, and like, and then all of a sudden the Death Knight walks into the room and sees his master's dead. And now you have to deal with the Death Knight, who's an actually even bigger fight. Yeah, it could just be a loyalty thing, yeah. a powerful, like, so level, level the, 15 you know, Even though power structure-wise, the Necromancer might be at the top. I think under TV tropes, that's the Dragon Ascendant. Okay. In which you take out the head bad guy yeah. and then the dragon becomes the new bad guy. Okay. 
Yeah, I was going to say, I'm like, you know, again, like the, you know, the, 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 the head dude might be the top of the order, but he might not actually be the most powerful for whatever reason, you know, he had a number two or a friend or an associate that is technically of more power, you know, physical combatant style power, not, you know, power structure power. Um, and then all of a sudden you have to deal with them, you know, again, like, you know, say you have a wizard that for whatever reason has a dragon working for him, but technically the dragon is much more powerful than the wizard, but the, the dragon worked for the wizard for whatever reason. There's a dozen reasons you could think of why, you know, dragons love gold. I, I'd give this dragon a million gold every year and he just works for me. He's a hired gun. Yeah. So, I mean, again, it can work in either. I think it can work either order. But I mean, obviously, it's going to always come down to whatever the bigger fight is. Is always going to be after the 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 let you know. This was a big fight. This is a bigger fight. It doesn't matter which power structure wise, which one you know it, yeah. you know flip flops. But and that all depends on how you want to run it. If right. it's the final battle, then obviously you don't use that. But if you want a battle then to lead up to another battle, then yeah. that's perfect. Yeah. I actually recently did that in a game that I ran. They beat the. They sort of beat the villain. Uh, or defeated his scheme, but then uh, later, a couple sessions later, realized that part of defeating that scheme brought a greater villain into play uh, who uh, almost destroyed them all. Well, there's, there's a lot of fun stuff that you can do there. Um, there's a lot of fun stuff you can do there with having the not quite big battle happen. And, you know, your players may do something you don't expect, take out somebody you don't expect. And then you have an opportunity to use. Um, I actually love this term when we were on interviewing on the Geektitude podcast, uh, the host Joe Hogan referred to it as DMing as sleight of hand. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if you have a, a power organization and you have your PCs go in and disrupt it, you don't have to throw away stuff you've already planned. You just change the players around a little bit and continue with everything exactly the same. Mm -hmm. There's a gun running operation down on the docks. The PCs take out the guy who's doing the gun running organization. Some other member of the organization steps in and starts running those guns. Right. And now when the PCs go down to the docks to disrupt it, everything's already prepared for. Yep. Um, you can do a lot of that swapping out, changing people. So you can give your players a lot of successes without undoing a lot of the work you've done. All right, so we are going to wrap it up for here. Thank you for joining us. Um, if you have any questions on the topic we've discussed today or you'd like to tell us stories about how you've used uh, power structures in your games to good effect or if you just have topics you'd like to hear us talk about, definitely feel free to get in touch with us. Uh, we are on Patreon, patreon.com slash Game Master Studio, where you can support us and get access to some exclusive content and some early sneak peeks of what's coming up. You can drop us a line on Facebook. We're available there and we answer questions. Uh, we're on Twitter. Our handle is GMS Studios. Of course, we're here with new episodes every week. GameMasterStudio.Podbean.com Coming up, I would like to plug that we are going to be in Portland, Maine for PortCon. And on Friday, June 23rd, we are going to be doing a question and answer panel live at PortCon. So if you're in the area, swing by and check us out. We'll be here with new episodes every week, and we will see you next time we are in the studio. I'd just like to also uh, point out, if you're going to be at PortCon, Ed will be running a game on Saturday, and I will be running a game on Saturday. We'll get okay. the times to you next week. All right. When we have more information, we'll let you know what's going on there. Great to hear it. And hopefully, uh, if you sit down at the table with one of them, let them know that you listen to the podcast. All right. We'll see you. Have a good one.